just a mobile. Not not an intro to a movie. Not a nothing, huh? Nothing. Yeah, I it's thought pretty it was pretty though. Fun. Yeah. So uh, hot air balloons. Yeah. Sounds really fun, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. If they would have put hydrogen in their balloon, they would have not had to throw the brandy over. <laughs> the important things. Just a thought. Okay. Well, it's it's exciting to be here today, and we've got some business we need to take care of before we get started. Should I go ahead? Mm -hmm. Okay. Not my business. <laughs> so, um, last week we had a malfunction. It, it was actually a, you know, a speaking malfunction. Do you remember? Uh, Dr. Monet and I are very good friends and we have a lot of fun, we do a lot of things. But it turns out that last time, we had people listening that weren't part of our close friendship. And uh, I had a mouth malfunction because I said something that hurt some people's feelings. And I feel very bad about that. And so what I wanna do today is I wanna, you know, kinda clean up my mess. Uh, do you remember what it was? Those of you that uh, were, were not here last time, I'll just tell you. Um, we had a lesson about inventing bark that ended up being purple, remember that? And then when I got my turn, I asked Dr. Monet if she would bark. And the way that it came across, I hope wasn't offensive to Dr. Monet, but to some people that were watching, it, it offended them, hurt their feelings. They thought I was being disrespectful to her. And you know, um, they, they sent us a message. I, I don't know if they realized that it would get sent to me, but whenever there is some valuable input, I like to hear about it myself, so it came to me. And uh, these are some wonderful Acela students. Uh, in fact, I think they have three yeah. triplets, if I understand correctly. But uh, they, they've been on Acellus for a while, but this kind of uh, took them back. And so to them, and to anyone who is offended, I'd like to apologize. And I think there is a lesson for me in this, and, and you know, maybe I'll be kind and share it with you too, since we're learning. And that is, when you, when you are speaking, you have to take into account everybody that's listening. And when we start to care about everyone that's listening and how our words are gonna impact them, then we start to get the idea of how to really have a wonderful good life. So, uh, Dr. Monet, I'm gonna go ahead and clean this up. <clears throat> I wonder who invented this stuff. I don't know, but so, I like them. It's like the word was bark. <laughs> the word. <laughs> you say, why am I doing this? Yeah, why are you doing this? I don't ever want to forget this lesson. So I'm going to eat my words. You know what? This is not... <laughs> okay. I'm going to keep this as a souvenir. Please don't. <laughs> you may. No, not that. Okay. We'll, we'll say that for a minute, but I won't forget. What are you doing? 
I'm taking advantage of an opportunity. You know, it's kind of sad that I'm not an artist, but I figure that uh, maybe this roll of toilet paper should learn this lesson too. Turn around so you can all see him. Okay. If you are ever disrespectful to the very wonderful friend, Dr. Page Monet, I'm going to rip you in little pieces and throw you down the toilet. <laughs> this, this is the part you've been waiting for. This is where we take the words that, there's nothing wrong, by the way, with the word bark. No, there isn't. But it's about respect. And there are a few people in the world I respect more than Dr. Monet. And uh, it was inappropriate to ask her to bark. Was it? Yes. It was very inappropriate. What are you doing? So when do I get to say my, pe my words? Okay. <laughs> turn, we'll, we'll turn the time over to her for a few words. Go ahead. I don't, um, first off, <laughs> I was not offended by you asking me to bark. However, I did hesitate for a minute because I was trying to figure out which dog I was going to sound like. <laughs> and yes, I wasn't expecting it. But, you know, my relationship with you, I've known you for a long time. I also know that you, you respect me greatly. And I think that gives bearing, <laughs> bearing to what we can do for Science Life. And I made a comment to one of my close friends the other day. I said, you know, it's really interesting because um, we live in a world now where you have to be so careful what you say, or so careful what you don't say, and you're having to be careful, and um, when you have friends that you have real close relationships with, you are able to really enjoy them and have fun. And you know that there is a mutual respect back and forth, and um, I know that I sure have that for you. And I was, that was not demeaning. I was a little ashamed at my first bark, so I did have to do my second one. But that's, that's not, I mean, everybody. It's more of a chirp. <laughs> Everybody breathes, but I get to have the breathless moments, which I love. So please don't back off. Please don't. Well, and I really actually, mean that. I'm having a ball. <laughs> and I can see how people may think that, but never think that between but us. <laughs> I think there is a good point here. And you know, if, if all of our students, sometimes when we're a little younger especially, we're careless. Mm -hmm. in people's feelings around us. And we, we need to be more careful about that. And I need to be a better example. And that's what I intend to be. So I hope these guys that uh, weren't expecting me to have that expectation of you will give me another chance. And uh, I'll do better. And you know, um, taking criticism when it's good criticism, is one of the attributes that helps us grow and become better people. And I want to always be that kind of a person. Sure uh, I do respect you. I know that. And if I did demean you in any way, I do sincerely apologize. Not at all. Not at all. Okay. 
But now we've got to get down to some science, okay. don't we? Okay, let's do that. Yeah. Turns out that we have this thing. Oh, yes. Which needs to be erased. <laughs> do we have, uh, there we go, turn this right. So we're going to do some algebra. And the algebra that I'd like to do is something like this. I'm watching. <laughs> you thought I was going to do MC squared, didn't you? Mm. Air. Air. E equals IR. This is a, a simple equation, algebraic expression, that is a wonderful tool for a scientist, someone working on a science fair project with electronics. And it's something that uh, I'd like to talk about tonight because I'd like to show you how something like this very, very simple equation can be very useful. In this equation, E stands for voltage. Voltage, you may recall from our discussion, is how hard electrons are pushed down a wire. Remember, electrons go around atoms, but if you have a magnet and you go along the wire, you can push electrons down the wire, and that's how we generate electricity. And as the electrons go down the wire, depending on how many coils we have, how strong a magnet, and other parameters, determines how hard they get pushed. How hard they get pushed is called the voltage. If we were pumping water instead of generating electricity, we'd call it water pressure. If there's very low water pressure, you may not even get enough to go up through your shower head. <laughs> if you have more pressure, it may come out really hard and get in your eyes. So that's water pressure. With electricity, we call it voltage. Voltage is how hard you push the electrons. And it says that the voltage is equal to I, and I stands for the current. We measure current in amperes. If we were comparing this to our water analogy again, the current in water would be the flow rate, or how many gallons per minute of water is going down the pipe. In this case, it's how many electrons per second is going through the wire. So this is how hard we're pushing them, this is how many electrons are flowing. And then R stands for resistance. And that is whatever is in our circuit that is resisting the flow of electrons. If we were thinking of water again as an analogy, and we have a pump pumping a large pressure, if we hook it up to a very small piece of tubing, just a very little hole, only a small amount of water can get through because there's resistance to the flow because it's a small pipe. Put a big pipe on, and at the same pressure, go very fast. So we've got the push, or the voltage, is equal to the current times the resistance. Now, all of you guys that have taken algebra know that you can solve this formula for R. And those of you that don't know yet, watch. So R is equal to E. But then we divide both sides by I, these cross out, so this is resistance is equal to voltage over current. And this is a form of that same formula that we can use 
to do some interesting things. And I'd like to show you. I brought a circuit, and this is one of our little breadboards. A breadboard is a, a board with a lot of holes and with conductors inside so we can make circuits. Mm -hmm. And here I've got a resistor. Yeah, I zoomed down in there on it. A resistor is a, a little tube of carbon. Now you can make resistors out of different things, but the reason we make them out of things like carbon is because when you try to push electricity through copper, it flows pretty good. When you try to push it through carbon, carbon resists the flow. And you can actually make a resistor that has varying amounts of resistance depending on what you need to do. Now I have a slide I'd like to put up which has a, uh, a resistor here and then it has a color-coded chart. And you, you can see all the colors going down. And on the left side of this figure, there's a yellow stripe. And that is the first digit. Then there's a purple one, second digit, and a third one, which is the multiplier. So when you look at a resistor like the ones I have here, they have those little stripes on them. And you can look at those stripes to see how much resistance that particular device has. And so since this one is yellow, we go down on the chart and we see that yellow in the first digit means four. And then it is purple, so we get down on the chart, and in the second digit, purple is seven. So the resistance of this device is 47. And then the third is the multiplier, which in this case happens to be brown. And brown, if you look down on the chart as the multiplier, the third digit over is 10. So that means this resistor is 47 times 10, or 470, and we call it ohms, named after the guy that uh, did a lot of the science on this. So 47 ohm resistor. I happen to have a, a pack of resistors. This is a, a resistor kit, and if we can get up from on top there, is, is there any way we can zoom in a little tighter on that? It's a resistor kit. And uh, focus, focus, there it is. Okay, you can see it has that same color code. And inside, and inside, I have a whole mess of resistors. You can see there's just jillions and jillions and jillions of them. And this is so I can find the one that is the resistance that I need. Now, to show you a practical example of this, I brought a a nine volt battery. Nine volt battery like you might use in a transistor radio or some kind of equipment. And I have on my circuit board light emitting diodes. And here we go. Boy, it's getting a lot to keep up with there. See these little light emitting diodes? We talked about these. We call them diodes because they are the kind of a circuit that electricity can only flow one direction. If it tries to flow backwards, the diode blocks it. And that a diode is what we use to turn a radio wave into an electric signal because it rectifies it or makes it only flow one direction. But these diodes have been made in such a way they give off light, and they're a very efficient way to make light. So I've got three little diode, light-emitting diodes here. 
And if I were to hook them up to this battery, then we can see how bright they would be. Now, I, I thought, should I actually do this and show you, or shall I tell you? Mm -hmm. And since I'm on my best behavior today, I decided to tell you. Because if I hook one of these diodes up to this battery, it'll, it'll just flash and it'll be burnt out. And I would destroy a perfectly kind light-emitting <laughs> diode. I mean, that's the kind it is. That was supposed to be humor. It is humor. <laughs> so you can't hook a light-emitting diode up to the battery because the battery puts out too much voltage. This particular battery is unique because it's 9 volts. A regular flashlight battery, a D cell, C cell, or AA, AAA, all of those put out 1.5 volts. But this one... This 9-volt battery actually has different batteries inside it. If you ever tore one of these apart, uh, you can see little batteries inside there. And so they all add up, and they add up to 9 volts. And if you think about it, each cell is about a volt and a half. So to get 9 volts, that means there are six batteries inside here. So two together make three. Two together more make six. Two more together make nine. So that's how we got 9 volts. Well, 9 volts is too much for these LEDs. But I want to light up the LEDs, so what do I do? And the answer is, I hook up a resistor in series before I hook it up. So when the electricity comes out of the battery and wants to flow through the LED, first it has to go through a resistor. And if I choose just the right size of resistor, then I'm able to get exactly the amount of light I want to get out of the LED. If I put a, a very high resistance resistor in, the LED won't even light up because it'll be such a small amount of electricity flowing or electrons flowing that it wouldn't even make light. If I put too low of a resistance, I'll have too much flow through and it'll be extremely bright and probably burn it out. So I need to figure out exactly the right resistance and how this whole pack if I just start hooking them all up, I'm going to be here all night, and I probably will burn it out because there are a lot of resistors in here that are too low of resistance to protect the LED, and it'll burn out. I don't want to make a fuse out of the LED and burn it out. So that's why I have to come back to Ohm's Law, and we're going to look at that again. So in Ohm's Law, I know that the resistance I want to use is equal to the voltage divided by the current. Now, my light-emitting diodes don't take very much power to run them. In fact, um, a typical LED, and I say typical because a red, a green, an amber, all of those LEDs are about the same in the amount of power that they consume. If you get into the blue and some of the whites, they take a little higher voltage, and that's a good story for another time. But for the standard LEDs, they will work at about 1.8 volts up to about 2.2 volts. And remember, the volts is symbolized by E, which is electromagnetic, electromagnetic force. So the, I need to be in that range of voltage that I'm applying on there. Now, my 9-volt battery is putting out 9. It's too much. So if I come out of my battery, and I'm going to now 
now and get into my serious artwork. Yeah, one side like that and the other one like that. By the way, the one that snaps in there happens to be the positive side and this side's the negative. Very good. If I come out of this wire here on the negative and I run it through a resistor and, and this is the symbol for a resistor. Does that look resistive? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And a resistor is going to have some value in ohms. So I'll just put my ohm signal here. The symbol for ohms that scientists use is called omega. And it looks like that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's from the Latin alphabet, even though I'm not yeah. Latin, so can't say for sure. So the question mark is, how many ohms should we use here? Then I can go over to the LED. The symbol for an LED that scientists use is the symbol of a diode. And that tells you electricity can just flow one way and then goes back up to the battery. And if it's an LED, we do this little trick. That's supposed to be light coming out of it. And that makes it an LED. So if I hook this up to my battery with this resistor in series, it's going to limit the flow and it won't burn it out. So all I need to do now is figure out what resistance should I use. So I got the formula, I got the diagram, I've got Pat Mara's algebra. <laughs> the only thing I'm missing is I. To solve this, you can only have one variable and I have two still. So I need to know what the current is. And light emitting diodes of this ordinary variety will operate at between one-tenth of an amp up to about a thousandth of an amp. And the more current, stronger. I'm going to write that down. So if we say one-tenth and current is measured in amps or amperes, one-tenth of an amp would be the same thing as one hundred milliamps or thousandths of an amp. So I'm just moving the decimal. But those two numbers are exactly the same, aren't they, mathematically? And LEDs work at a range of about 10 milliamps up to 100 milliamps. And usually you want to be in the 10 to 20 milliamp range for a, an LED in a circuit. So if I know the amps and if I know the voltage, then I can calculate the resistance. And it turns out that um, when I divide the voltage, I've got to know what the voltage is. Well, now here, the voltage comes out at 9 volts. But 2 volts of that is going to be taken away by the LED. So I have to take the 9 volts, subtract the amount of voltage drop. It's called going through the LED. So we'll say divided by 2, or minus 2 equals 7. So 7 volts is the number I'm going to plug in for E in my formula here. Now, this is getting a little bit technical, but I think those of you that are ready for it will love it. Those of you that aren't ready for it should be exposed to it. Mm -hmm. And on some of this kind of stuff, first time you see it, it's exposure. And then you see that it can be done, even though I don't know if I could do it. And that's where the internet comes in, because when you're actually trying to hook up an LED in a project, you can go look up 
this again, and they say, oh yeah, I know all about this, now what was it again? <laughs> and, and then you calculate it. Well, it turns out that in my little project here, I calculated three different solutions to this formula. One of them was for one milliamp, one is for 10 milliamps, and one is for 100 milliamps. And so I chose three resistors. One I chose, and, and I've kind of rounded off my numbers, but one is 100 ohms, and one is uh, 6.7 thousand ohms. That's the one that's going to be a very, very low current. And then I got one in the middle, which is 500 ohms. So this one is, uh, is going to be the 100 ohm resistor, the 500 ohm resistor, and the, the 7,000, approximately 7,000 ohm resistor. So according to my hypothesis, this one should be brighter, in between, and dimmest. And now it would be really fun to hook up the battery mm -hmm. and see if it burns up. I mean, <laughs> and see how well it works. Now remember, I've got the red wire hooked up to the long lead on the LED. On the LED, there's a, in fact, maybe I'll draw it here. I think you can see this. This is the LED all blown up large and has two wires coming out. One of the wires is longer than the other. And that's so you'll be sure and hook it up, not backwards. Hook it up backwards, it won't burn out. It just won't work. It'll just be dark no matter what happens. So you hook the long one up to the plus side of the battery, okay? And the short one goes to the minus side. So in my circuit here, this side's got to go to plus, this side's got to go to minus, and I follow a, uh, a, a color coding that, that scientists and engineers use very often, and that is the red wire is the positive one. In computers, usually a red wire means not only positive, but it's positive five volts. In computers, you sometimes will see black ones. Black ones means the ground or the, uh, the excuse me, the negative side. Okay. Also, if you happen to sit in a computer, you see a yellow wire in a computer that usually means 12 volts. So it's just good to know. Those are not rules. They're just what we normally follow, so we know what's going on. So since this is red, I know I've got to hook it to the positive side of the battery. And uh, fortunately for me, the manufacturer printed a little message to me right here. Can you read what that says? Mm -hmm. It says positive, this side. Are you positive? Yes, pointing up okay, right there. Okay, positive. <laughs> so that means the red one has got to go here. So I'm going to put the red on the black. Bullish. And I'm going to put the black on the positive. And then I'm going to get my little circuit board out here. Oops. So you can all see it again. And as you can see, those lights are not very bright, are mm -hmm. they? They're not. Aha. That's why I should have listened to Dr. Monet when she was trying to tell me that this side is positive. So I'm now going to hook it up with the red one to the positive mm -hmm. and the black one. Look at that. And look at the LEDs. Mm -hmm. Can you see that those are different brightnesses? This one's dim, this one's medium, and this one's the brightest. And that's because these resistors 
were chosen using Ohm's law to get the right size. So that's what circuit designers do. They have to figure out how to make the components work together to achieve the objective that they want. And I think out of all the little uh, formulas that I've learned in my life, I've probably used Ohm's law the most because I am always calculating things like mm, what I should use in the Raptor to energize my relays and, mm -hmm. and all sorts of things. So we did talk about it briefly during the Raptor competition days. By the way, the grandsons still aren't talking to me. <laughs> yeah? They are. They're good sports. They're really good sports. I think they like that yeah. you won. Well. They got some pretty good trucks the, out of the it. Footage, <laughs> the footage that we didn't show was where they were helping me do the Raptor. <laughs> so I guess we all were winners, weren't we? Mm -hmm. So it's really important when you design, like we designed the uh, wideband switches, the networking switches that we plug networking cables into. Okay. And we like it so when you plug in the cable, the light comes on. Mm -hmm. And we want the light to come on not so bright that it burns out, we want it to come on just right. And we made our wideband switches so that if the cable is bad and you plug it in, the light doesn't come on blue like it's supposed to, but it comes on red. Yep. And that means there's something wrong with the cable. Trouble. And that's kind of a handy thing to do. Mm -hmm. So uh, Ohm's law, resistors, diodes, and look what you can do. Now there are a lot of neat, neat, neat things you can do with electronics. And I think it's good for us all to know a little bit about it. You can use it in just all sorts of things. So. That's really neat. When uh, Dr. Monet came to the academy, I don't think she knew what a diode was. No. I don't think she knew what a resistor was. But the big thing that she didn't know is she didn't know that she could learn this. That's right. And it turns out she not only learned it, but she learned to mm -hmm. be very effective with them, didn't she? Yep, I did. Okay. I need some burnt hydrogen yeah. to celebrate our success. <laughs> <laughs> the perfect celebration beverage. Yeah. Hydrogen's a gas, but fortunately when it's burnt, it's a liquid. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, any questions? Yeah, they want to know how resistors are made. How are resistors made? <coughs> it's interesting. I have a photograph, which unfortunately I didn't give to the team, but it's a photograph showing uh, the inside of a resistor. So inside of this, if I can point at it, inside the resistor itself is a little rod of carbon. And when they make the carbon and they press it into this little rod, they put different impurities in it to make it have the right amount of resistance they want. And so they then can calibrate them for the different sizes. By the way, some of you have seen a voltmeter. Well, voltmeters, if, if you look at the dial, most of them you can turn them to, different, to measure different things. And one of the things on that dial is the ohm symbol for, for like omega. Can we see that? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Maybe if I'd move it, we could. There it is. That is the, the ohm symbol. So if you have a voltmeter and you see that symbol, you turn it to that setting, and then you put the two probes on a resistor, and you can measure the resistance. And so most voltmeters will measure resistance. 
but they make them according to the uh, voltage that they would need, and then they package it up all nice, and then they paint the colors on so it'll be color-coded and you can just look at it and, and know what the value is. Now, in our computers, in our uh, Cellus servers, we make the circuit boards with resistors, but we're trying to put so many things on one board, we don't have room for these big wired or leaded resistors. These resistors are giant. The resistors we use on our boards are much, much smaller than a speck of rice. Much smaller. They're very small. They're almost so small you can't see them. We got one of our guys that runs these here with us tonight. Hi, Steve. We ought to get a camera on Steve. Wouldn't that be great? Who's, who's going to get him? I'll bet we could have... Yeah, all, all of them turn. Yeah, this would be great. Yeah. And, hi, Steve. Wave at everybody. He's right in front there. Thank you. By the way, um, Titus, do you think you could just do a sweep so we can see all these handsome guys here? Everybody say hi. Yep, there's Vicky. Keep sweeping. And they keep going, keep going, keep going. It gets deeper, and there's more people. Keep going. Look at all these guys. Everybody wave. Come on, David, wave. We'll have you up here. All right, so there's a lot of wonderful people, and that's who's making all the noise. I had to, I had to show that because someone wrote and asked me, so yeah. you just have you know, laughs in a, in a bottle, and you just push a button, and people laugh. It's underneath our table. And I said, no, do you realize how hard it is to get these people to smile? Or laugh? That's right. You have this, to bark. Yeah. <laughs> it worked. The whole room laughed. <laughs> I'm going to keep this as <laughs> All right, anyway. Yeah, we've learned that lesson. We're moving on from it. Mm -hmm. We can enjoy yeah, our lessons. We can. But, you know, it, it's a good lesson and one of the more important ones that we'll talk about tonight. The resistors that we put on our circuit boards are so small that you can't even really handle them with tweezers. Mm -hmm. just yeah, and, and they come on a big roll with thousands of them, like five or I guess usually 5,000 on a roll. Is that right, Steve? 10,000 on a roll for the little teeny ones. What, what would be comparable to the size of them? A small grain of sand? They're even hard to see, yeah. So they're on a roll, we put them on the machine, and the machine grabs them with a little suction cup, moves them over and puts them in the right place on the board. And before we put them there, we actually uh, have a plate that has holes cut out in it, and we squeegee a paste of solder. So it's solder with a solvent in it. So all the places we have put parts, there's a little bit of solder. And when it puts it on there, it kind of sticks till it runs through the oven. The solder paste melts, and then it's soldered on. And uh, is the feed working tonight? Thank goodness, <laughs> right? So we are actually today transmitting out our, our discussion over stuff you made. Yeah. Is that right? How's that feel? It's going all over the world. And of course, you've been building our stuff for a long time. So uh, Steve Merkley is a graduate of IST. And how long have you been working at our factory? Just before 2000. Just before 2000, so about two years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 2022. And, and, and two decades. 
Well, it's interesting. Steve's now moved up to where he's the manufacturing production manager. And some of you that come and do apprenticeships that want to learn how to manufacture electronics will get to know Steve real well. He's a real nice guy to, to work with, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, since we're just showing things off, um, maybe this time, Michael, can you, can you put your camera over on Stephanie? Yeah, do, do the big sweep here. Okay, say hi, Stephanie, right next to Steve. So Steve married Dr. <laughs> Stephanie, who is uh, one of our great, great language arts instructors. She mm -hmm. teaches and directs a lot of our sales work. It's good to have both of you guys here tonight. Thank you. Okay, any more questions? Um, Ashley wants to know how the push of the electrons work and how do you speed up and slow down the electrons? Mm -hmm. Well, you can go over to the accelerator. <laughs> yeah, you can. But electrons move at, uh, over a circuit at about the speed of light. So they move really fast when they move, but you have to have something to push them. And we push them with voltage, and voltage is generated. In the case of this battery, the voltage is being generated by a chemical reaction that generates a voltage potential. A generator does it with magnets pushing electrons down the wire. So whatever method you use, you've got to get that voltage to push them. But in a circuit board, um, a signal travels at about the speed of light. And in our, our little uh, concentrators, like Dr. John uh, designed, the nano-latency concentrator, uh, he's moving signals that change in one-tenth of a billionth of a second. A billionth is less than a millionth. It's yeah. a very, very short period of time, and he's a tenth of that. And in that amount of time, electrons that are going almost the speed of light go about that far. And that's not how slow light is. Light's very fast. Mm -hmm. That's how fast the clock is on that device. And when you start getting those very high frequencies, there's a lot of wonderful challenges. Mm -hmm. uh, to put it simple, at those frequencies, the signal going down the, the conductor doesn't want to stay on the wire. It wants to go off in space as a microwave or radio signal. And so you have to do a lot of tricky things to get it to stay on the trace, don't you? Yeah. Okay. Well, we're out of time. I uh, want to thank all of you for joining us today. We'll see you next time. And thank you, Dr. Money. Oh, thank you, Dr. Money. Okay.